Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thanksgiving, and as is appropriate, we're giving thanks. I'm your host, Nick Seifel, and today I'm joined by Molly Fool contributor Jason Hall via Skype. Jason, what's up? Nick, thank you for having me on today, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining me, and happy Thanksgiving. And just so our listeners know, you know, we're not crazy people. We're not at work on Thanksgiving. We're pre-recording this on November 21st. Uh, but we thought it'd be fun to give you all a nice little Thanksgiving show. Jason, you just moved into a new house. What are your plans for your first Thanksgiving in your new home? Are you going to be there? Are you going to the grandparents? What's going on? My plan is to get out of this house and to get out of this state and find my sanity. Uh, moving is horrible. Moving with a three-year-old is especially painful. So I will be thankfully... Um, in the uh, beautiful little uh, coastal town of Panacea, Florida. It's about 45 minutes south of Tallahassee. For anybody that's uh, not familiar, it's right on the kind of in the elbow of the, uh, of the Gulf Coast. We're down there with family. We do that. Uh, some family goes every year, and we try to go every other year. So very excited about that to be, uh, to be on the Gulf Coast for Thanksgiving. Oh, going to God's country, the Gulf Coast, man, as a, as a, as a Mobile <laughs> Alabama native. Uh, really, really jealous you're going to make it down there. This is going to be the first year, actually, I haven't made it down uh, to Alabama for Thanksgiving. Going to be spending Thanksgiving with my girlfriend up here in the D.C. area. Excited to do that, but uh, also going to be missing family a little bit. I hope you enjoy the Gulf Coast as much as I enjoyed uh, growing up there. Uh, so, we're going to run through uh, so, some fun little uh, lists of th- stuff we're thankful for. Uh, the first one uh, that I, I want us to do is, Jason, what is the product or service that you are most thankful for in your life? Disney Plus, buddy, it's changing lives. I'm telling you, Disney Plus is changing people's lives every day. Okay, all right. No, I'm 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 sort of kidding. Uh, as a consumer, um, Amazon. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it is truly something that has given me back hours of my life. As someone who hates going to stores. It's so much easier just to flip open the app and just to buy whatever I need and know that it's going to be at my house the next day or the day after that. So that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to do one more. You know me. I can't just do one of anything. Uh, Professionally, uh, Stock Advisor, the Motley Fool stock picking service that was launched by Tom and David. Um, I can can truly say that this changed my life. I started with the Motley Fool as a paid subscriber to Stock Advisor. Got really involved on the message boards. Uh, this service played a huge role in helping me develop as an investor, and is actually the thing that opened the door to me. Um, ended up on this podcast with you right here. It's truly changed my life. We didn't pay him to say that, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would. I would say uh, for me, I, to kind of echo your sentiments there. I mean, the Molly Full Podcast. I mean, that's why I'm here, and that's uh, that's, that's kind of how I how I ended up here at this company. But my my product. Uh, that I will say is Google. I think everybody, I don't know how my life would be like without Google. It changed the bar conversation forever, right? There's no more uh, There's no more <laughs> debating anything anymore. I've got the answer right at my fingertips. Uh, so I, I can't tell you the number of things I Google every day. Google probably knows more about me and probably every person that's listening to this show uh, than I know about myself. And uh, I, I get so much value out of it. I, the way I, I picture Google is, right, the internet has every bit of information you could ever think of in the world, right? And before the internet, where you needed to go to get that information is like your local library. Now imagine if you walked into that library and nothing was in order. You couldn't find anything. Well, that's what the internet's like without Google, right? The internet's really not that useful without a search engine that can let you find what you need in this massive pile of information uh, quickly. And I think it's brought so much value to me 
uh, and you know, to, to lots of folks around the world. So I'm going to go with Google. Did you watch the the Matrix movies? Of course. Okay. So to me, in my head, the Google, even to this day, I imagine that Google is actually just a white room with a person that's inside of it. It's the Oracle. That's still that's Google. That's it. It's not computers. It's 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 the Oracle. That's, that's quite possible. Quite possible. All right. Uh, our next our next uh, thing we're most thankful for. We're going to talk about. What is the investor you're most thankful for, Jason? Charlie Munger. Absolutely Charlie Munger, no doubt about it. Um, I don't think he gets anywhere near enough uh, credibility, enough street cred. Um, he is a huge reason Berkshire has has created so many billionaires. I, I just I still don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit uh, for Buffett's evolution as an investor. I still read these articles to this day, and it makes me cringe when somebody calls Buffett a value Im- investor. Buffett hasn't been a value investor in 30 years. Buffett is still, he, he likes to pay fair price, but because of Charlie Munger, um, Warren Buffett's focus for years and years has been more on buying high quality businesses that have competitive advantages and have these real durable strengths, the moat that he talks about, something that's going to allow them to continue to grow their business and generate an adequate rate of return over the long term. And and Charlie Munger is, uh, you know, I think I think there's a good chance that that Warren Buffett would have remained a cigar butt investor um, if if it wasn't for Charlie Munger. Yeah, absolutely. I think Charlie Munger would be my my one B uh, here. I think Charlie, when you talk about that moving away from from kind of value investing, I think what what Charlie Munger really did is moving Buffett from value as a quantitative methodology to value as an analytical style of thinking, paying go. less for what you buy uh, uh, than what it's worth relative to saying, okay, because of this number, that this company is undervalued. And I think that's that's been transformational. And it's, that's a much more scalable style when you get to tens and tens of billions of dollars than it is trying to find cigar butts as Buffett did uh, coming coming up. Uh, so well, for- Nick, so Nick, you know, also Charlie Munger's an attorney. Yeah, we have a theme here. I was going to say we have a theme here. My uh, my investor I'm most thankful for is also an attorney, uh, yep. uh, Peter Thiel, for for a few reasons. Uh, the first is kind of more personal to me. Uh, you know, when I first kind of got started in investing, I was kind of I was in law school doing that sort of thing. Uh, and one kind of observation Peter Thiel had, I think, was super influential to me. He uh, went to, went to law school at Stanford, went to work at a big firm in New York, famously made it three months, and he said uh, he said from the outside. The law firm was a place that everybody wanted to get in, and from the inside, it was a place that everybody wanted to get out. And I didn't really realize <laughs> that 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 was explaining uh, my observations until I'd really read that uh, read that observation. It really just clicked with me, and is a big part of why I'm here doing what I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, in addition to that, on the more investing side of things, I think Zero to One is probably the best investing book I can, I've, I've ever read. Uh, it really kind of transformed the way I think about um, think about companies. Uh, one of his conceptualizations is where, where most people would say competitive advantage, he says monopoly. Okay, I, I want these companies that have a monopoly on their brand or a monopoly on this asset um, versus, versus having a competitive advantage. What does this company have that no one else has? Um, another, another kind of analytical thing to think about is what do you believe that most people would disagree with you on? And I think if you're an investor, uh, you really have to disagree with most people to find any sort of value in the market. If you're, you know, if, if you're if you're not doing something contrarian to the market, uh, you're just kind of getting the market's return. So, so that uh, you know has has been super valuable to me. And then one other thing, uh, it's kind of exposed me to mimetic theory. Folks who haven't been exposed to that, read up on it. I think it's a 
really, it's a theory of everything, and I can't really explain it to you here, uh, but read up on it. it has really changed the way uh, I view the world in a significant way. Uh, you know, we talked about it on this show a while back about T. Boone Pickens. I think Peter Thiel shares some of the political controversy uh, that T. Boone Pickens has, but like T. Boone Pickens, uh, an incredible number of lessons, an incredibly clear thinker, and I think everyone can learn uh, from him about him his observations both on life and uh, investing. Yeah, I think just to, I want to just tie this together real quick. I think it's really interesting. You think about Munger, you think about Teal, and I think about you. I'll include him with this, uh, John uh, John Maxfield, uh, one of our colleagues uh, that writes for the Motley Fool. Uh, you're all attorneys, and other attorneys that I've known in my life uh, have a, uh, an uncle. If you want to learn how to really ask questions, ask good questions, make. Uh, make it make uh, make good friends with an attorney, and you will you will become so much better at asking the right questions to get to the the answers not the answers that you want, but to to learn. Um, so I just wanna I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna mix you in there with uh, Mr. Munger and Mr. Teal too. Is uh, that that's uh, something about the law law training that that training that teaches you really how to get to the crux of things. It's so powerful. So what Jason is saying is, everybody be nicer to lawyers. <laughs> No, no, no. You don't have to be. You don't have to be nice to them. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on uh, to what is the investment you're most thankful for, Jason? Uh, it's an investment that has cost me a substantial amount of uh, capital over the years. In terms of dollars invested, it's one of my largest. Um, I've got, bought my way kind of out of a really ugly position. Uh, it's clean energy fuels, and, and the reason I'm picking uh, clean energy fuels is because I've learned. So much. Um, I, this is one that I, I look at the capital losses I've taken over time um, as 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 a great tuition. It's a great education. It's taught me a lot about how to how to analyze companies. Um, it's also I've learned some really valuable lessons that that even great ideas don't always work out exactly as you planned. And sometimes companies the the things things work that you expect to work, but other things. Um, prevent them from necessarily being profitable investments. I think this is a great case uh, for that. And that's why I picked it. It's, it's, I didn't pick the one that's, that's made me the most money. I didn't pick uh, Netflix or Amazon um, that have made me the most money. But, uh, but, but I've learned more about being a good investor from, from clean energy fuels than any other stock I've ever owned. Jason, I, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, enlightened as you. I picked the stock that I've done, <laughs> that has done the most, that, is, that has been my best performer uh, since I've owned it. And that's uh, that's Dexcom. Uh, I think it's not just because it's been my best performer, although of course that really helps. Um, but it's one of those cases where observing what happens in the world, I think, was more valuable to me than observing what had happened in the market. So when I had bought that stock, it had just sold off uh, pretty significantly uh, because one of its competitors, I believe Medtronic, had come out. Uh, so so De- so just for for background. Dexcom makes continuous glucose monitors. Uh, so, so these are for someone with type one diabetes. Will be typically an implantable sensor uh, that will go in your upper arm, usually, and that measures your glucose uh, uh, over time to kind of track to make sure you're not too high or not too low. They were the pioneer in that in that uh, that device, and then they continue to be uh, one of the leaders in the space. Well, the, the stock had really sold off significantly because uh, Medtronic had introduced. Uh, a continuous glucose monitor that was the first one on the market that didn't have to be calibrated every day. You didn't have to stick your finger, draw blood to make sure the sensor was measuring properly. And uh, the, the market came out and said, well, you know, basically they're going to take away the market um, and, and, you know, all these other competitors 
are gone. Well, the reason I bought Dexcom is I talked to several people who had the sensor uh, and said, hey, are you going to switch over uh, to this new product? Um, they said no. They said no for a few reasons. And the reason why, why I think Dexcom uh, is still a great stock today, well, they have the most accurate sensor on the market. So uh, when it comes to keeping yourself in the proper glucose range, the more accurate you can be, uh, obviously, the better uh, going through highs and lows. They also uh, were the only product on the market, at least at the time, that had this seamless integration with your iPhone. So you could easily kind of monitor your, your, your glucose and those sorts of things through your phone. If you talk about parents who have, who have young children that have have a type 1 diabetes. It lets them get alerts whenever their, their child would hit a higher low. So it really just adds a lot of utility to folks there. And then third, uh, that, that competing product that I mentioned to you, you could only use uh, that CGM with their pump, what, what their uh, insulin pump. What Dexcom it really is, it's, it's, a, it's a product that is kind of agnostic. You can use all kinds of different options, or different pump options uh, uh, with them. So it's one of those things where uh, the market really overreacted, um, but uh, you know, talking to people so, and learning what, how people actually use the product uh, was able to you know make a decision that led to a great investment, which was particularly valuable. A little Peter Lynch here. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and bring in a little uh, one up on Wall Street here. <laughs> Talk about you know using using what you observe in the world to uh, to identify potential opportunities. Nick, good job, buddy. Well done. Yeah. Well the done. other the other one would be uh, Phil Fisher, the scuttlebutt method. I think I think there's a lot of scuttlebutt there. Uh, involved in that thesis. I, I really encourage folks uh, when they're making investment decisions to talk to people who actually use these products. Pay attention to the world. When you go to a restaurant and there's, you know, there's a line out the door, that maybe that's a good sign. Uh, or if you go to a restaurant and it maybe looks really cheap from a valuation point of view when you look at the numbers, but there's nobody in the restaurant when you go there, you don't like uh, the product and that sort of thing. I, I think trust the people who actually use uh, these products when you make these decisions, and I think uh, you'll be rewarded uh, over time. Okay, well so, done. so for this last one, uh, I want to talk about, you know, every time I have you on the show, Jason, we like to talk about a little bit of college football. Uh, Thanksgiving is a notoriously uh, big college football day. I mean, excuse me, not college football day, uh, NFL day. And that, uh, that Saturday is always the biggest rivalry weekend of the year. I know I would always have to build my Thanksgiving plans around, okay, how can I get back to Tuscaloosa or Auburn for the Iron Bowl that weekend? So in that vein, Jason, what or who is the college football player you're most thankful for? So, you know me, I can't do just one of anything. Um, I was, I'm going to say the strength of Georgia's team this season by far has been defense. And I'm going to go with J.R. Reed. J.R. Reed, uh, safety, uh, one, of the, one of the true greats, uh, Georgia Strong Safety, just got nominated for the uh, Bronco Nagurski Award for the best defensive player in college football. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, Georgia's defense, did you know that Georgia's defense has not given up a single rushing touchdown this season? I know now. Through 10 games. <laughs> yeah, not a single not a single one. On offense, I'm going to go with Andrew Thomas, the, uh, the superstar uh, blindside um, tackle, offensive tackle. Uh, it's probably going to be the first offensive tackle, probably the first offensive lineman drafted this year. He's a junior. I'm sure he's going to leave early. Uh, he's an Outland Trophy uh, semifinalist uh, for the best best offensive lineman. Um, I also want to point out that did you know that um, that the University of Alabama did not have a single offensive lineman uh, nominator for the Outland Trophy? I don't think that's happened in like six or seven years. That's a big deal. Yeah, that... Auburn Auburn's got one. Well. Darn. <laughs> Auburn's got 
<laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. So, Georgia's also ranked higher than Auburn in the college football playoff that standings. Is, that is accurate. That is accurate. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to talk about uh, – so I can have a few. I'll give you some honorable mentions. Uh, AJ McCarron, huge part of my kind of early college career, uh, was you know from my hometown. Uh, you know, his tattoo choices. I don't know about that for folks who are familiar with that. Maybe Google that. Um, but I think uh, a college football player I'm really most appreciative of, and really probably that I don't think there will ever be a moment that'll match. Uh, uh, the national championship a couple years ago. Uh, oh, to a Vailoa. Uh, you know, uh, just. It's very rare that someone is one of the best at what they do and also one of the nicest people uh, that yeah. do what they do. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, Tua is one of those people. Um, it's really unfortunate, you know, his injury that happened uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, it dislocated his hip. Uh, but I think he's just one of the nicest, most genuine people and also probably the best quarterback to ever play at Alabama uh, throughout history. Uh, again, I was at that national championship game, second and 26, is probably the greatest football moment of, of, of my my college football career. Jason may not agree, but uh, I, I really think uh, just so appreciative of what that person, what he stands for, and uh, you know how he's represented the university and just college football in general. Uh, really, really thankful for Tua. Yeah, I think it stinks that he's, uh, you know, that 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 his his college career could have ended you know, on, on a fluke, weird kind of thing like that. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's risk to his professional career. So the, here's the question I have, here's the question I have. And I agree. I love, you know, great choice, great choice to attack, attack Viola. Um, do you think there's any chance if he's healthy, he, uh, comes back for his senior year? There's always a chance. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Uh, but there's always a chance. Um, the, the factor that is, I have seen some folks talk about is he does have an insurance policy if he falls in the draft. So there's not an economic, uh, or not as, as significant an economic reason for him to do so as some might think. Uh, but we'll just have to see, um, it, whether he does or, don't, or, or does not, uh, super thankful about how he's represented the university and just, like I said, college football in general. Um, yep. Jason, all our listeners, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and we will see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. For Jason Hall, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening, and Fool on.